your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wednesday, June 15th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Ramonda Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can also follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked on NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget the new Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Barry Clark. And this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room. Change the way. We talk sports. So the Greenville Swamp Rabbits schedule for their second round series against the South Carolina Stingrays is out. And in this format, it's going to be a 1-2-2 series with the Stingrays having home ice advantage in the Eastern Conference Final. And game one will be tonight when this recording comes out, June 16th at 7.05. Game two will be on Friday, June 18th at 7.05 p.m. And then game two and three are actually a back-to-back where, like I said, Friday is game two, 7.05. Game three is at 7.05 on Saturday, June 19th. Off day on Sunday. Monday will be game four, if necessary, at South Carolina, June 21st at 7.05. And Game 5, if necessary, will be at South Carolina, June 23rd at 7.05. So there is your Greenville Swamp Rabbits updates. And I will provide more of the updates for Greenville. So I want to talk in this segment about Elliot Friedman's of Sportsnet's 31 thoughts every single week. He provides a just 31 thoughts as it says and he also has a podcast where he talks about the 31 teams in the NHL next year what the Seattle Kraken coming into the mix it's going to be changed to 32 thoughts but going back to Elliot Friedman's article from yesterday the a few weeks ago excuse me months ago Friedman talked about how there's a possibility that the head coach of the Florida Panthers, Joel Quenville, could be in consideration for the head coaching job of the Seattle Kraken, the newly formed team in the NHL, the expansion team in the Emerald City. And it looks, thankfully, that the whole possibility of Coach Q being the next head coach of the Seattle Kraken, excuse me, the first head coach, is likely going to be put to bed because there is, according to Friedman in 
thought number four of his recent article of 31 Thoughts, it looks like as if there is some momentum with Rick Tockett, who was recently let go by the Arizona Coyotes after this past season, that it's going to be likely, there's no confirmation, that Rick Tockett will be the, the first head coach of the Seattle Kraken to join Ron Francis and crew over there. And there, there was many thoughts as well that there was a possibility that Gerard Gallant could be the next head coach of the Seattle Kraken. But something I did not mention on yesterday's episode was that Gerard Gallant just got recently hired by the New York Rangers to become their next head coach after leading Team Canada to gold in the IIHF World Championships after starting off as poorly as you can in the IIHF World Championships. And he's the next head coach of the Seattle Kraken. So that's one great thing, though. Even though I never really had a doubt that Coach Q was going to stay in Florida with Elliot Friedman's recent article of 31 Thoughts, that is something that could be put to bed. The, what the Florida Panthers have right now, what they're building on the season of progression is what I like to call this season. And it looks like when a good thing is going, I don't think it's something that it should be messed with. Another one of Elliot Friedman's 31 thoughts was thought number 11 on this recent one was the possible pursuit of the Florida Panthers going after restricted free agent of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Patrick Lane, who recently got traded this past season from the Winnipeg Jets to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick. Before Lonnie was even traded there, Pierre-Luc Dubois was benched for dogging a shift, and then when they traded for Patrick Lane, John Tortorella, shortly after acquiring him, Lane, benched Lane. So I know John Tortorella is not in the picture in Columbus anymore, but... That could scream a possible red flag for a player's possible attitude or relationship with the coach, but it could also be a John Tortorella issue as well. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, let's be honest, they're now in full rebuild mode after failing to keep so many players. So many players have just walked out of there. And the the Columbus Blue Jackets, if you look at their roster from a few years ago, they had an opportunity to possibly be great for so many years, but a lot of people, players, just don't want to play there. And there's so many questions as to why players don't want to be there. Is it the coach? Is it the management? Is it the market? Is it the stage? We, we don't, there isn't an absolute answer when it comes to that. But defensemen, Seth Jones wants out as well. At least he didn't necessarily the word say the words he wants out. He says that he's going to test the free agent waters once they come. And that is an alarm, a huge alarm for any management to make a move 
and because you might be afraid that you won't be able to keep him, especially since they sold David Savard at the deadline to Tampa Bay and they sold Nick Foligno to the um, Toronto Maple Leafs, both getting first-round picks in both of those trades. So they have three first-round picks in a draft that's really hard to predict because of the fact that with the COVID and hard to evaluate players, there's more likely that the Columbus Blue Jackets are throwing darts to and hopefully that they hit a bullseye on one of these players because of how hard it is to evaluate these players in a season like this. It's going to get easier next year, but this season specifically, going into this draft and this offseason, is going to be really hard to judge players. But hey, the more resources you have, the better, I guess, for Columbus. And they're going to... I would assume they're going to hit at least one of those three first-round picks. They have the fifth pick in this year's draft. So you got to hope that they at least hit on one of them after losing player after player. But as far as Patrick Laine and going to the Florida Panthers, he was traded for a third round pick. So if he were to sign a contract with Columbus and then be traded over to Florida, I would assume that it would be no more than a third round pick. And here's the issue though with the Florida Panthers. What the Florida Panthers need is more defensive minded forwards because they ha- they can score really at will on multiple lines, but what's needed really is more of the defensive approach with actual defensemen and more defensive forwards is what's needed. So if Patrick Lane doesn't end up on the Florida Panthers, it's not the end of the world. Him and Alexander Barkov have a great relationship. He was at Game 5 of the first round series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And will that be enough for Bill Zito to try to make a trade for Alexander Barkov's friend? Maybe. But maybe if there is some tension between Alexander Barkov and the front office, there's no reporting behind this. This is just a hypothetical that trading for his friend could convince him to stay long term. But again, that that's just a that's just a big if, but I don't think that's the case with Sasha Barkov and the front office of the Florida Panthers. So that's something to consider when it comes to possible offseason moves that the Florida Panthers could make. I don't know if it happens though. I'm with, and let's not forget, the Columbus Blue Jackets control Patrick Lane's rights so they don't have to make a move. For him and they might want to see how Lane fits in with the new coach before they even make a move. So if Lane does get moved, it's not going to be immediately. So pump the brakes, it's likely not going to happen. In the next segment, we're going to talk about one Florida Panther player who's on their way out. But is there room for one Florida Panthers player to come back to the mix? Stick around on this episode of Locked On Panthers. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, 
athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting room for the Locked On Panthers during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest updates. Follow me at LO underscore FLA Panthers to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts about the Florida Panthers. See you there. Locker room. Change away. We talk sports. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their page. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut almond, coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite flavor is? It's the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. A couple of other flavors have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off at BillBar.com. So some news came out in relation to a Florida Panthers player that is on the move elsewhere. And Lucas Walmart, who is a pending RFA for the Florida Panthers, is on the move back to the KHO, who will be playing with CSKA Moscow in the KHL. And when it comes to the KHL and CSKA Moscow, is there a specific player that comes to mind? I'll let you think a little bit. Well, time is up. The answer is Maxime Mammon, a former sixth-round pick of the Florida Panthers from the 2016 NHL entry draft, 175th overall, had a very brief stint with the Florida Panthers where he played 26 games in 2018 and seven in 2019. Both of those years happened to be when Bob Bugner was in the picture. Bob Bugner wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of Mammon, and this could be an opportunity for Maxime Mammon to 
get a second chance in the NHL. Something I didn't talk about last week on the podcast is Maxime Mammon and CSKA Moscow could not come to terms on uh, an agreement on a contract for this upcoming season. So that could mean some great news for the Florida Panthers as this as this could be a swap of players from Moscow and Florida. And Mammon, it, it, it's kind of tough from the human side of it because Mammon is actually, that's his hometown team too. He is legitimately from Moscow. So it's really tough to see the 26-year-old not come to an agreement and hopefully he's not ending on bad terms over there in Moscow and the KHL. So, but this could also bring some good news for the Florida Panthers, a player who can play center, left, and right wing. He could play all three positions on in in the forward lines and if he were to come back right now he'd probably be somewhere in the bottom six and of course he's a developmental piece he's a player that's still a little bit unproven as far as the nhl level and with the depth that the florida panthers already have at the forwards maxime mammon can possibly get a second chance to be in the mix. And we've seen players like Nikita Gusev just not pan out so far in the NHL and the game translate. Do we do I have a crystal ball to know whether Maxime Mammon game is going to translate from the KHL over to here? I can only hope, really. And that it's not the same situation as a Nikita Gusev. However, there is the case of Kirill Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild, who spent quite a few years in the KHL before coming over to the NHL, and he is likely going to win the Calder Trophy for the Rookie of the Year. and. It's funny, there was so much criticism and controversy on Kirill Kaprizov on, oh, he spent all these years in the KHL and he's going to win Rookie of the Year and after playing in the professional level, really over there in Russia. But it's his first year over here in the U.S., so that's kind of like the rule in place when it comes to that so and another player that spent a lot of time in the KHL before coming over to the U.S. to win the Calder is Artemi Panarin who's currently with the New York Rangers but he had his time with the Chicago Blackhawks shortly after his stint in the KHL and he won the Calder too and nobody is necessarily talking about that today and Kaprizov's doing this as a fifth round pick and maybe Maxime Mammon not saying like not saying he's going to be on the level of Kuro Kaprizov but hey in a second chance in the NHL under a different coaching staff under a different regime 
this could be an opportunity for Mammon to find his groove again in this league. So that is one thing that we can hope for Mammon in the NHL. And Mammon and Kaprizov were teammates in Moscow too. So maybe Kaprizov and Mammon have spoken about the transition from the NHL to the KHL and what they've learned individually from Mammon's trip back to Russia. And hopefully, I mean, there's nothing official. There's, this is just a guess and a hope that Mammon comes over here. But yes, all signs indicate that he could be heading over to the U.S. But maybe they have that relationship where they're talking about that transition and what he could do differently this time around versus what Kaprizov is doing right now. Kaprizov is 24, while Mammon is 26. So, sure, Mammon is on the older side, but hey, he could still learn from his fellow former teammate on his transition back, hopefully, to the NHL. In the next segment, we're going to continue our player grades for Florida Panthers players for the 2020-2021 season. Which player is next? Find out next on Locked on Panthers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news and odds and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sideline anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. So this report card segment, continuing with this off-season theme on the Locked On Panthers podcast. This one we will be talking about Jonathan Huberdeau, one of the heart and souls of the Florida Panthers, and Jonathan Huberdeau finished the regular season with sixty-one points in 55 games 20 goals and 41 assists and something we knew already was that Jonathan Huberdeau was mostly a distributor he is that's just how his game is and what so there are some so many highlight reel plays that Jonathan Huberdeau made this season if you go back to the very first game against Carolina on February 17th against the Carolina Hurricanes. It, that one wasn't even a series. And if you go back to the schedule with the COVID rescheduling, that was just a single game in the middle of a road trip between a series against Tampa and then going to Detroit shortly after with all the scheduling conflicts that happened with Carolina and Dallas having their outbreaks early in the season. But there was a 
beautiful assist that Jonathan Huberto had to Alex Wenberg to, I believe it was to tie the game against the Carolina Hurricanes on February 17th. He also had a finish with a three-point game in that one, scoring two goals in that one. Do you guys remember on February 4th when Jonathan Huberto and Philip Forsberg of the Nashville Predators were fighting back and forth with five-point games? Both of them played such great games. That was the same game where Coach Q had that challenge that the Florida Panthers lost and the Panthers had a six-on-four while Nashville had a power play and they pulled the goalie and they ended up tying the game in regulation, scored two goals in the last two minutes, tie, and then eventually won. That game, Jonathan Huberto had a five-point game in that one. Other multi-point games were against Chicago and Columbus. He had one against Dallas, and it was the same game in which Aaron Ekblad unfortunately fractured his leg, where he had the three-point game against Dallas, two goals and an assist. But there was a little bit of a time where Jonathan Huberto went quiet, and that was when Alexander Barkov had his injury in warm-ups against the Chicago Blackhawks in the end of March. And Huberto before that was quiet for a good while and went at most this season five straight games without recording a point and was had a plus minus of minus four in that stretch of games. And it was a little bit concerning based on when the captain went down. It's like, who's going to step up in the absence of Sasha Barkov from March 23rd, 2021, when Alexander Barkov went down with the injury and warmups to April 13th, he had one, two, three, four, five points in one, two, three, four, five, six, 12 games. So he had five points in, tw- in a 12 game stretch and didn't have a multi point game for about three weeks as well in this season. And that's not to say that Jonathan Huberto had a bad season, but there was just a big stretch in the season where he, a bad stretch of like two to three weeks where he was just not contributing to the point where we know he's capable of. And on April 27th, he got another five-point game against the National Predators. So he, Jonathan Huberto had two five-point games against the Nashville Brothers this season. Amazing. And that was the on the day that the Florida Panthers clinched their spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That was the same game also where Spencer Knight came in relief of Sergei Borowski and shut it down 
and the Florida Panthers were able to mount a comeback where they were trailing by a score of 4-3 to three entering the third period. And then in the third period, they score four straight goals to win that game by a final score of 7-4. to four. Huberto gets five points in that one. Spencer Knight comes in relief of Sergei Bobrovsky and the Florida Panthers clinch their spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And like Huberto's contributions along with Spencer Knight in relief was such a big contributing factor to that. And even though Huberto had his stretch during the season of not of recording five points in 12 games, the Jonathan Huberto was able to recover and find his groove again. And it showed in the playoffs. And it's funny because when I had the crossover with Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning, and he was talking about who would be your consummized favorite for the Florida Panthers. And mine was just a wild guess. And I said Jonathan Huberto because of his ability to find the open players and to find cutting man to the goal and find a way to have all the defenders have their eyes locked on him. And then he finds the open teammate like in game one. Oh, my goodness. That pass that he had to Owen Tippett to beat Vasilevsky. Oh, my goodness. That was a Beautiful pass. I believe it was through the legs of a lightning player too, if I remember correctly. I'm gonna have to see the replay again. But my goodness, he like his his ability to find open teammates, and he had ten points in six games. He showed up in the first round series against Tampa Bay Lightning, and despite that bad stretch that he had in the middle of the season. But you know, this isn't gonna be his last bad stretch in his career. That's the thing. Every player goes through that. So what the Jonathan Huberto has been there at least this season when his team needed him most. It happened against Nashville multiple times and it's happened it happened again in the postseason. So as far as his report card grade, I'm gonna give Jonathan Huberto a B plus in for this season. And I think there is so much more that that is there for Jonathan Huberto, but it's still an outstanding season that Jonathan Huberto had leading this Florida Panthers team in the playoffs and at stretches this season. So that's what's going to be my grade for Jonathan Huberto, a B-plus for this season. I'm going to continue doing player grades throughout the offseason as... Things are starting to die down with the Stanley Cup semifinals underway. As of this recording, the Tampa Bay Lightning have defeated the New York Islanders in Game 2 by a final score of 4-2. to two. The New York Islanders stole a game from the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 1 and go back to the Nassau Coliseum with home ice advantage. Vegas and Montreal play tonight at 9 p.m., hate those 9 p.m. start times, by the way, for game two. Though, like I said on yesterday's episode on paper, it looks that Vegas is just that much better than Montreal, but maybe Montreal can find a way to 
steal a game on the road and make this a series with Montreal and the province of Quebec looking to increase capacity at the Bell Center as not only they're trying to increase capacity, but Canada approved a few weeks ago for cross-border travel for the Stanley Cup semifinal. So it looks like that the Habs are looking to get a bit of a home ice advantage, hopefully, when the series turns to Montreal. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you know and be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast pops into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also check out Locked On NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And when you're done listening to this episode, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Today. Kevin Durant was all the Brooklyn Nets needed. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez. Signing off. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.